We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at Blue Wire, Bet Online, and Blue Chew. All right, uh, we are in rookie draft full swing, rookie drafts, rookie auctions, all those fun things are happening, and that means that we're in your ears talking rookie talk. Uh, last week we talked about uh, the first round of ADP, basically. And uh, today we're going to be talking about some, some more rookie stuff, a little bit different. And, of course, we're welcomed uh, by my co-host, uh, Dan Sanyo. How's, how's it going today, Dan? It's good. It's good. We are certainly in the uh, in the midst of the rookie chaos. I know some people hold off for a while for rookie drafts, which I don't really understand. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's a little bit of, of rookie fever, a little rookie chaos. We've seen a lot of kind of crazy trades a lot of people um shifting their entire roster to try to get their hand a little deeper into the cookie jar so it's uh it's a good time we finally have a little action in our lives as we uh remain quarantined or whatever stay at stayed at home and it's uh it's nice to to have some action to have it back in our lives trades happening people timing out 
during drafts. It's just, you know, it's dynasty season. Yeah, Dan, just imagine what like late June, early July is going to be like when we still don't have sports <laughs> and we don't have any drafts happening. <laughs> At that point, I will be trading to trade and I will make a lot of really bad trades. And then my rosters will all look awful because I have zero patience. Yes, patience is important in the game of Dynasty, and it's also important to get your Rotoviz subscription. Uh, you can do that by, if you listen to the Rotoviz Overtime, you're aware that Sean and Comb are hitting their 100th episode this week. To mark the occasion, the Rotoviz Radio Podcast Network is giving away 10 one month subscriptions to rotoviz.com. If you already subscribed, we will add it to your subscription. And if you aren't signed up, you will get a one month subscription. All you have to do is rate and review the podcast on your podcast app or retweet a podcast tweet on the Rotoviz Radio Twitter feed. More retweets equals more entries. As a reminder, Rotoviz Radio listeners can receive a 10% off a one year Rotoviz subscription by applying the discount code 2020RV Radio at checkout. Once again, that's 2020RV Radio for a one year subscription, 10% off. Now let's get into the show. We will start today's show with the man that we skipped, the man that we were talking ADP last week of one quarterback leagues, and he was the 112. We're like, you know what? We're not talking about a quarterback going 112 because that is just bananas. <laughs> so what we will talk about, and I think that we're, we're going to talk quarterbacks to start the show, and we're talking about the Superflex frame. Now, Joe Burrow, he's my 101 in Superflex. I think he's many people's 101 in Superflex. But I have seen a lot more than I expected of CEH at 101, Jonathan Taylor at 101, in Superflex leagues that I just don't get it. I, I think Burrow is the safer asset as a prospect, going number one overall, the production he had you know, in his final season at LSU. I don't really see how you go anywhere but, but Burrow at 101, and if you do, maybe go to a... <laughs> yeah, I've actually seen a surprising amount of Burrow, Burrow at two and Tua at four. Uh, you're getting CEH and Taylor peppered in at one and three. So I think if you're in a super flex league, having the top four for sure is the honey hole. But honestly, anywhere up to like 10, you're still getting one of the one of the high end guys. But yeah, we did skip Burrow. Uh, I, I think he's probably got to be the 101 just because of perceived value. Even if you don't think he's truly the 101, you could probably flip him for more than you're going to be able to flip. CEH4, for instance, uh, even though the hype there is pretty incredible at this point. Yeah, Burrow going to Cincinnati. We kind of, we, we chatted a little bit about it post-draft, but, you know, the, it's it's a it's a nice landing spot. They added a weapon in T. Higgins, who we talked about last week. They still have Joe Mixon. Giovanni Bernard's still there, even though he's kind of an afterthought at this point. You, you have Tyler Boyd. You have, you know, A.J. Green, who knows what he has left in the tank. He <laughs> who knows if he wants to be in Cincinnati at this point, uh, but certainly getting Burrow there should help the morale. And that offensive line should be a million times better. Hopefully this is a trend moving forward. They, they're able to continue to build around him, but that offense is for the most part set. Uh, they've got basically what they need to compete. It's going to be that getting that defense going. So for now it's hard to not say Burrow's one-on-one because the defense is still absolutely trash. And they're probably going to be throwing a lot. That probably means going to be throwing more in more interceptions than you'd like. But unless it's like a minus two or minus four interception league, if you can roster Jameis at any point, you should love rostering Burrow. So, yeah, definitely my 101. But, again, even if you don't like him, uh, you can take him and flip him because quarterbacks are uh, they're worth just their weight in gold, honestly. Or, more importantly, if you don't want Burrow and you have 101, I would trade the 101. 100%. Because- 
because you're still giving the person trading them the option to take CEH or Burrow. I, so I think if you're making that move, it does make sense to, to make the move before you make the selection, uh, as long as you can get fair value for it. But I, that's not a pick I'd be looking to trade right now, unless I'm getting like two picks in the next, like, you know, six to seven picks, essentially. Yeah, I'd want two in the top seven. So I'd want like 102 or 103, and then I think 107 at the latest to move 101, just because you're guaranteed your pick, even though you're basically going to be able to get whoever you want at those two picks anyways. Yeah, because in, in Superflex, this, this, the, the most popular like tiers will be uh, one one and two is, uh, Bur- I mean, one, two, three is Burrow, C.H. Taylor, and then you have the rest of the running backs, then you have, uh, or, well, no, Burrow, yeah, I said that right, Burrow, Tua, C.H. Taylor, those first four, then you have the rest of the running backs, the two wide receivers, and Herbert, and that rounds out a pretty deep top ten in the first round. For sure. Yeah, uh, and and you mentioned Tua. I think we can we can kind of shift there. I, I think he's got the highest ceiling of genuinely anyone in the draft because if he hits and he plays the way he did pre-injury, I mean he's going to be a game changer. He's very easily going to be a QB one. He'll be in that Kyler Murray zone. He could even move up and and challenge Dak or challenge Lamar Jackson if if he gets to where he was and continues to kind of trend upwards, he's, he's got all of the tools. Miami is doing things right. It seems they're really trying to turn that franchise around They're building. He does still have some decent weapons, even though they didn't really invest a whole lot. I mean, really at all, they did bring in uh, Matt Breida, but they do still have Devonte Parker who they reinvested in. They still have uh, Preston Williams who unfortunately got injured last year, but, put in a strong 2019 pre-injury uh you've got mike Kosecki, who you know we're we're nearing breakout age we're nearing breakout year so that's that's another thing to look forward to and it's going to be a team that's continue to build two is more the patient pick but really high ceiling he may may not be fully 100 percent ready to go for for the season assuming we have one but there's the ceiling man at that point it's it's still a decently high floor unless you genuinely think that the hip's not all right. But I think we had that question answered already by him going to Miami right there and and not they're not waiting him not falling down the board like a lot of the other quarterbacks did that maybe some people were high on. So yeah, Tua honestly it's hard not to take Tua at one or two, but I understand the you know the everyone chasing those running back points with Ceh and Taylor. Yeah, and every, as everyone knows, I use uh, adjusted yards per attempt as the number one marker for a uh, college prospect. And Tua has the third best season ever at 11.3. I mean, 11.2 in 2018. And he 11 point, hit 11.3 in 2019. Obviously, he didn't play enough games to qualify, you know, only playing nine games. But he's one of the most prolific passers in college football history. And it's not even close. Like, if you look at Tua as a college football player, and Herbert as a college football player. Not that anyone is really valuing those two players as the same, but it's just such a wide gap between Tua and, and the rest of the pack here. And I I think that it's still within his range of outcomes to be better than Burrow. You know, he was more successful at an early age than Burrow was. And that the real, only real reason in my mind that Burrow is going ahead is the hip. And 
the the hip concerns are beginning to dwindle as more things come out. And, you know, as soon as he's playing NFL games, we'll be able to see, and who knows if that'll be in 20, 2020, but we'll be able to see up. Oh, this guy's playing games. Like his, his price is slightly deflated by the fact that he hasn't played a game. As soon as he plays a game, his price is going to skyrocket. Oh, for sure. And, and you talk about the kind of the historical value of what Tua did in his career and go back to Burrow being the 101 because of a historic season. So one guy did it over time. One guy did it over 14 games or 13 games, whatever it was. Um, so, it, yeah, there's there's still something in the back of your mind with Burrow that's maybe, well, I mean, one hit wonder. But, I mean, he was so good that it's hard to even really think that. But it's a little bit there. The only worry I have with Tua is the injury. I think he's the real deal. I think he's absolutely locked in as a QB1. And, and the Dolphins are a great situation right now. The, and it's only getting better. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they could use some some high-profile you know, assets, pass catchers around them, but it's not like they have the Jets pass catchers. They're, they're in an okay position there. For sure. And I'm sure they have plenty of cap space if they wanted to go out and get a wide receiver next year. Oh, yeah. They'll be able to do whatever they want. They, they may even do something once once two is 100% ready to go. They may go and look at someone like an A.J. Green or, you know, maybe try to open the trade talks on like a Julio just to see if they can get one of those high-end elite guys that's kind of at the end where maybe the price won't be insane mm-hmm. that a team may be okay moving off of because maybe they're going to start a rebuild or – or they need to get him off the cap space, or whatever it is. Or Josh Gordon. <laughs> Ooh, now there's one. He would do well in Miami. There you go. And there's no more drug tests. So uh, <laughs> let's move on to the next quarterback. And this, sadly, I, I love our boy Jordan Love. I'm not sure if he's our boy. I, I love Jordan Love. But I like hey, Jordan Love. I, we like Jordan Love. Jordan Love podcast here. But the landing spot, as we'll talk about, doesn't provide any opportunity anytime soon. So uh, the clear drop off, another clear drop off after Herbert here. So Herbert, uh, I, I like the landing spot in Los Angeles. You know, you got some weapons around him, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, and Keenan Allen. And I think he's in position to start early. I think that T- Taylor, Tyra Taylor doesn't start more than a game or two. Herbert ends up starting very early in the season and ends up being a franchise quarterback. So, some people have said he's, you know, a lower end guy, but, I think that he has, you know, top 10, top 15, you know, dynasty quarterback upside. Yeah, and it's not like he's throwing to nobodies. You know, we mentioned Miami having mediocre pass catchers. You go (laughs) into L.A., the Chargers, not the Rams, and all of a sudden you have Keenan Allen, one of the best in the game, Mike Williams, a great down-the-field threat, Hunter Henry, one of the better if not top you know four five six tight ends in the game and a solid austin eckler the line questionable but philip rivers existed and he's got cinder blocks on his feet so i i think i think herbert probably i mean the landing spot is is basically everything obviously getting drafted as early as he did going six to the chargers that's massive. If you believe in prototypes, you know, he's the old prototype. He's 6'6", 230, or whatever he is. No glaring red flags. You know, it's and he's, again, at a decent price because of 
the quality of this draft. So if you're sitting at 9, 10, 11, sometimes even 12, depending on the draft, you're going to you you're gonna have a real chance to get Herbert. If you need a quarterback, that's a great spot to get it. His price, I think, is only going to go up. Quarterback pricing in Superflex and 2QB leagues is absolutely insane. And the best time to get them is during drafts, whether it's startup or rookie, because that's as cheap as they're probably going to be, assuming they hit even a little bit. I just, yeah, I mean, Herbert, Herbert in that late first and Superflex is, is really, really nice spot. Yeah, I got him at 112 in a Superflex, uh, and that's easy money. And I, I think that you can make the argument for passing on him up, up until 10 with that top tier. And I think that's more of just your preferences between Lamb, Judy, Akers, and uh, Dobbins, I guess, would be the last running back for me. But yeah, very, very tight tier in that, you know, four to 10 range, and Herbert's in it. Uh, I would take Herbert, you know, easily over Ruggs. But yeah, so we're, we're good with Herbert. I think he's a solid guy in that, in that late end of first round of, rookie, of Superflex rookie drafts. Before we talk about uh, the final two quarterbacks we'll talk about for today, uh, we'll hear a word from our good friends over at Pet Online. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, like normal, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Nathan, we should probably work that into an episode at some point. All open 24 hours a day. (laughs) Hashtag Dynasty Dudes. All of that is open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE, that's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. All right, let's move into this next tier of quarterbacks, and we'll start with the guy who was start, drafted in the first round. Uh, not surprising that he went in the first round, surprising at, at his landing spot. Jordan Love, the Green Bay Packers, traded up to select Jordan Love. Now, they've done this before. They've done this before, trading up for a quarterback to be the successor of their 37-year-old quarterback. Uh, but that quarterback was always in retirement talks. Aaron Rodgers not hinted or sniffed at, at retirement once. So that was surprising to see Jordan Love land there. Now, uh, I will say from a dynasty perspective, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't love it in terms of the fact that I'm going to be playing the waiting game and I have several Jordan Love shares. I love it in the fact that Jordan Love is way too cheap right now. Uh, Jordan Love is going in that 205 to 207 range in Superflex. That is far too late for any first-round quarterback to be going in. What say you, Dan? Well, we I, I like to work a lot off of historical data, and our good friend Russell Clay is very good at posting that on the Twitters. Uh, so historically, getting drafted around where Jordan Love got drafted, not great. Not uh, not not super great. Not a whole lot of superstars coming out of that spot. Aside from well, Aaron the guy, uh, yeah, aside from the guy <laughs> that he's currently working behind. So I mean, there's that. But I think Love has tons of upside. Not quite the ceiling of Tua, but I mean, it's there. They get the dual threat quarterback. Uh, we're starting to see that trend work a little bit more in 
obviously with the huge Lamar Jackson season uh, or seasons, I guess if we want to consider the first one a, a massive success, we can. And, you know, love, I, I think it's kind of a bad rap, but for his value right now, because he's going to have to probably wait a minimum of two years, uh, I think 2021 after the 2021 season is the first time the Packers can get even a little bit away from Rogers contract. Cause right now his dead cap is like almost 60 million or something, which is insane. They're not moving Aaron Rodgers anytime soon uh, because I don't think there's any way around it. I, unless I'm misreading that situation. Uh, it's Aaron Rodgers for at least two years and hopefully they can get him back on board with the whole situation. I'm, pretty sure he's livid about it because he seems like a pretty normal nice guy uh yeah retiring doesn't seem like something that's happening unless he's retiring from family functions that's probably the only thing wait he already did that yeah no i mean love like you said you you love it because he's super cheap you just have to be patient and at some point, there'll be whispers of, hey, Rogers is unhappy. Hey, Rogers is this. Rogers is that. Well, you start to see that love price slowly increase. And you really, I mean, Dynasty is a waiting game anyways. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that draft for one, two, three-year windows. But, I mean, if you've got a roster spot, which you absolutely have, because a lot of you are still rostering Jason Witten, and some of you still have Calvin Johnson, guys, over all right and, and dan is rostering Deion kane so hey we don't need to go there that's that's still sore so <laughs> she said um yeah uh, i think if you have the patience hold on man because it, it's going to be worth it in the long run getting to play behind one of the best to ever do it is important i'm not saying it's everything but it's important and you can learn a lot I, i'm thinking the same thing for Jameis sitting behind drew Brees, because uh, he's booty cheeks but Getting to sit with Breeze is important. Look at what it did for Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. And we will wrap up the quarterback talk for today with uh, the quarterback drafted in the second round of the draft, Jalen Hurts to the Philadelphia Eagles. Another one of the more surprising picks in the first two days of the draft, uh, the Eagles drafting a quarterback. Now, while I am uh, excited and enthused by Jordan Love, I went from interested in Jalen Hurts to I'm pretty much out because, yes, his price has dropped a little bit, but his price has probably dropped from early mid-second to, like, late second. And in the late second, I can get other second and third round running backs. I can get other second and third round wide receivers. And I I just see more easy routes to playing time and value at those positions than I do with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Howie Roseman a, it's a great GM. I think he has been scared by not having a good backup since Foles left. Obviously, winning the Super Bowl with Foles, we will never stop hearing about it. Uh, and no matter what you think about Carson Wentz, I mean, the contract kind of has him locked in. Hertz is drafted to be a backup quarterback. They just had to go get him because they're probably still scared of the injury bug. And they think he can plug and play into that offense, which, I mean, Hertz does a lot of things good. He's not exactly what Carson Wentz is, but you add mobility and all of a sudden the offense opens up a little bit because now you have to worry about the quarterback's legs. So I think I think Hertz was drafted specifically to be a backup. 
That doesn't mean he's a career backup. I just think he was brought in in this situation as insurance. I mean, it's not it's not an indictment on Carson Wentz, even though I'm still not really sure he's great. Uh, but they paid him, and they're not getting away from that anytime soon. So Hurts, value-wise, I think it's fine uh, because he is only an injury away from all of a sudden starting, and who knows for how long. And maybe it's a thing where he starts, he looks good, and then they trade him and, you know, get get a nice return on their investment. So I don't think he's great. I think he brings that extra dynamic that, again, like we just talked about, is becoming more and more popular. I did once tweet that, uh, quote-unquote, Jalen is so bad it hurts. I'm extremely funny in that regard. I think it was actually during the national championship game when he then actually got hurt and then wasn't playing anymore. Uh, so that ended well. Um, yeah, value. I, I don't. I mean, the value's fine. I think. Uh, I mean, who are who are we really taking over him? Zach Moss, AJ Dillon, that those guys. Yes, that's who I'd take over. Okay. I mean, uh, for me, that's that becomes a toss up because again, he's an injury away from being the starter. Yeah. I mean, as we're looking at, and obviously we'll, we'll talk through some of the normal 1QB ADP in a little bit, but as far as, like, like I, I would take him over Bowden. I would take him over McFarland. So I guess the line is really, I would take him after Evans, Claypool, Hamler. I, I'd rather have those guys than than Hurts, uh, just because I think it's going to be a waiting game for Hurts to any sort of, like, startability. No, sure. For, uh, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not arguing that. I just... Wentz's history, you know, I don't want to say injury prone because we all know how much everyone loves that, but yeah. All right. So before we hop into some second round ADP, which we're already running long, something that will help you run long is our friends over at Blue Chew. Ooh, nice. Guys, looking to last uh, a little longer, go a few extra rounds, get to bluechew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. BlueChew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free, yes, free, when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Just pay $5 for the shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHEW.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. Alrighty, let's run through some 1QB second round ADP. So we talked about how T. Higgins enter, uh, was the start of the second round. We talked about him last week. And now we're going to start off with a uh, run of wide receivers, four of them. So we'll, we'll talk about a couple at a time. We have Denzel Mims and Brandon Ayuk. Denzel Mims, late second round pick to the Jets. Brandon Ayuk, late first round pick to the 49ers. Uh, obviously, Brandon Ayuk has already been one of my biggest targets of uh, rookie season. I feel like he's probably in my drafts has probably has an ADP a little bit lower than this, more like a um, 16, 
17 grand it's only a couple spots but i think i've been getting a little bit of a cheaper price but either way i'm perfectly fine with taking him at this spot at 15 overall i think he's a good value here and debo samuel's not and we talked about this before the draft Ebo Samuel's not your prototypical NFL wide receiver one. He is a bit of a slash player. He's a guy who's going to get the ball in a number of ways through the air, on the ground. And I think that Ayuk will will be more of that wide receiver one role and get those wide receiver one targets uh, as he enters. Even It might take a, a few weeks into his rookie season where Debo is the top target. But I think that in the next uh, 12 to 24 months, Ayuk ends up, ends up being the top target in San Francisco. Yeah, and I mean, the draft capital is there. Um, obviously, you get to go to a great NFL coaching staff, great NFL mind in Kyle Shanahan. And, I mean, you have the the San Francisco Yackers is what they probably should call them because Ayuk and, and Samuel and Kittle, all of the running backs, they're just trying to make life as easy as possible for Jimmy Garoppolo because they're not going to be running all these intricate routes. <laughs> they're going to be running intermediate stuff trying to scheme these guys open and let them do the rest of the work. That's where the talent takes over. That's where the talent wins out is just get them the damn ball. They're going to do it with Debo. I don't think getting a changes Debo's value really at all. And a probably going to be right in that same realm. It's just going to depend on how they scheme him, how they use him. Denzel Mims now is, you know, he's a late second guy into a completely dormant room, wide receiver room in in, um, in New York. I don't love Mims. Um, I was worried pre-combine, pre-draft, I was going to fall in love with another Baylor wide receiver. I thankfully didn't. I see a, a 50-50 type guy that doesn't catch 50% of the 50 percenters. That's not a good – I don't think that's good math. Uh he feels to me like if someone cut off Alshon Jeffrey's hands, does that seem fair? He's got hands like feet. He makes either circus catches or drops the simple ones. I just, you know, it's fine. He's going to be peppered with targets. He's probably going to look great for a season or two. Uh, and I guess chase volume if you really want. I just don't think he's cut out for the long term. I don't think he's great. Uh, I, I would much prefer Ayuk. And, and like you said, I think he's going actually later. People have been have been kind of hoarding those Pittman shares. He's been sliding up, and I've been seeing Zach Moss go way too early. I've been seeing AJ Dillon slide up, and still actually going after Moss. We'll talk about both those guys in a little bit, but yeah, I, I would probably have a right there with Higgins, honestly, and and I would have Mims quite a bit lower. But yeah, I mean at, at that point you're just chasing volume. Yeah, I'm also fading Mims. I'm probably not going to end up with any shares, even though I do like Darnold and kind of. The key for Darnold being successful probably is Mims being successful this year. So, you know, kind of a catch-22 there. But we'll move on to another pair of wide receivers, uh, Michael Pittman and Brian Edwards. Like like you just said, I believe Pittman is definitely going higher than this 204 uh, pick that he's going right here. I haven't really seen him fall past 202. Uh, And so I I think he's being a tad overvalued right now, Uh, kind of a later career breakout. He's an older prospect. uh, But – but he's going to Indy, which is an intriguing landing spot. They did add Campbell in the second round last year, so this back-to-back year is adding a second rounder. And Hilton has had his health issues, obviously. So I think this is an okay spot for him. I don't think he's super overvalued, super undervalued. Uh, I think he's just kind of meh here. Uh, what are your thoughts on Pittman? Yeah, I think 
I think he gets the kind of the USC treatment. They haven't really had the a great quarterback of late or any sort of quarterback play. Um, so I, I think we can kind of blame a little bit on that. Obviously, he's not you know he's not Juju or anything like that. Um, but we saw Jalen Rager go super early, and he continues to go super early in these dynasty drafts, and he had a quarterback that I don't think had an actual arm connected to his body. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Pittman's probably right there again with Ayuk and Higgins. You know, he's, he's that late first, early second, depending on the way things fall. Uh, I honestly probably talent wise am, am taking Brian Edwards. I think he's a great value in this mid second, you know, he got drafted in the third round solely because of the injury. We were talking, what, two years ago that Brian Edwards is the wide receiver one in this class. And now all of a sudden he's a mid-second in these drafts because where he was drafted and due to injury. Honestly, for the money, give me Edwards in Oakland over anyone that they have, anyone that they drafted. I'd have, rather have him than Ruggs. He, you know, that whoever else, um, Lynn Bowden doesn't do anything for me. Tyrell Williams, I'm pretty sure, is going to be in a body cast all year. Uh, and then you just have to fade Darren Waller. And, I mean, Edwards could genuinely put up big big boy numbers, wide receiver two-tech numbers. Yeah, I mean, this this is a nice cushy part of having those early seconds, or even mid-seconds at this point, where you can get one of these four wide receivers. And even if you wanted to throw, like, LaVisca Chenault, who we'll talk about in a minute, into that group, I mean, that's a really nice group of fairly cheap guys that really could produce. Yeah, for sure. I, I do like Edwards a lot. I haven't really gotten too many shares yet. I think it's more just a matter of not being in the right place at the right time. Uh, but I, I do like him in that mid-second round. Now, let's let's do this. Let's talk about a few of the, the running backs at once here. Um, there's a bit, a bit of a cluster of running backs. We have... Zach Moss, third round to the, from the Bills. We have Antonio Gibson, third round to the uh, Washington, and AJ Dillon and Darrington Evans. So we have four running backs here. Uh, what, which one is your favorite of this bunch, and which one do you think is the most overvalued at this stage? Well, I, I think I'll just to start with where you ended. The most overvalued, I think, is Zach Moss. Singletary's still there. I think at at best case scenario, it's a one A one B. You know, Moss is fine, but again, you're talking about mid to late third round running backs that historically don't pan out. Uh, A.J. Dillon's probably my favorite of the group. I think he would have been my favorite of the group pre-draft, pre-combine even. And then goes to a halfway decent situation where they don't seem overly committed to Aaron Jones. He's going to be looking for a contract. Obviously, Jamal Williams is still there. And, you know, they bring in kind of a, a... better Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon, and they take him in the second round. And, you know, it, everyone was kind of questioning what, what Green Bay is doing in the draft and whatever, but you take him in the second, he's going to be used. He's not just being taken to be depth. I mean, that's – you're going to use him there. Um, I do like Gibson, and I like Darrington Evans quite a bit. I think those are more your Swiss Army knife, your kind of uh, Curtis Samuel-esque type guys. I think Gibson's going to get a good amount of run. I think we saw uh, Chris Thompson succeed in Washington. Uh, and I think we can expect something similar from Gibson. Yet, 
I mean, they don't have a clear cut back that's going to do everything. You know, AP is 116 years old. Who knows what's happening there? Darius Geis, who knows if he can be healthy and be on the field. And Gibson's, I mean, honestly, right there with those guys as far as you know, ability, obviously, at this point for Adrian Peterson because he's 100 years old. But, I mean, Gibson can do a lot for you. And I, I like him in this area, too. And, and Evans, you know, Derrick Henry's not a big ball catcher, so you, you're just looking for, for more more guys for Ryan Tannehill at this point to get the ball to. Obviously, Corey Davis didn't really pan out the way we wanted. A.J. Brown turned into a superstar. And hopefully we see Jonathan Smith take on a little bit of a role. But um, I think Evans can can kind of be that Deion Lewis to Derrick Henry uh, the way we saw yeah, my favorite value of this group is Dylan. I, I think that he has the most like workhorse have ability. Aaron Jones is the uh, pending free agent. And I don't really think you spend a second round pick on a running back if you plan on re-signing a running back looking for a, a big deal. No way. So, I mean, certainly A.J. Dillon's not going to be the only running back in Green Bay in 2021. But I think he's going to be the lead one at the very least to start. So... I think he's in a good situation there, whether it's Rodgers and then leading into the Jordan Love era. Like that, that could be a good offense for a long time. Um, so, uh, and I've strangely gotten a few Zach Moss shares, but that's because I've gotten him at like 25 overall, not at 18 overall. Um, yeah, so. the, the 18 is is weird to me. I think some people are way too high on him, and that I think the people that are too high on him are the people that don't think Singletary is any good. Um, and I think you'll start to see him slowly slide down the board more than anything. I don't think I think that's his highest he can be is that 16, 17, 18 range. He's not. I, I, there's no way you can take him past that. Well, yeah. I mean, just looking at the numbers in, in front of us, he went 12 in one draft, 13 in another draft, and then after 20 or later in one, two, three, four, five. five so 20 or later in six drafts at 12 or 13 in two drafts. So it kind of confuses the numbers there. But as far as the the one I'm confused by the most, it's Gibson. I, I feel like fantasy Twitter has latched on to Antonio Gibson and kind of presumed him to be this like locked in starter for Washington. I am not in love with any of the guys there. Peyton Barber, Darius guys, Adrian Peterson. I know I'm missing like five guys. They only have 14 running backs on the roster. They, they have, I think they legitimately have 10 and I, I'm not confident that Gibson puts his way into like a fantasy relevant role. And I think that he kind of has to do that in year one in order to, like, avoid being, like, end-of-the-roster cut type guy. I think they find a role for him. I don't think it's going to be purely running back. Uh, obviously, we see that position change. I think I think he's going to be used as more of the slot type uh, with a little bit of backfield role. But I don't think he'll be exclusively used as, as a running back or from the backfield. I think he'll they'll move him all around. All right, and next we will go kind of back up the board to LaVisca Chenault. Uh, this is a guy that has been a bit polarizing with his injury concerns and his landing spot because some people don't really love Jacksonville as a spot. But there's some opportunity there. DJ Chark is the wide receiver one, but they don't have much else at, from a receiving perspective. They have Tyler Eifert at tight end. They have Fournette, who's not much. I mean, he's been getting some volume at, at, at running back in receptions, but it's not like he's a good receiving running back in, out of the backfield. So Chanel, he, he's also, uh, you know, a Debo Samuel type that's going to be able to get his, his yards both through the air and on the ground. So lots of ways to use LaVisca Chanel. 
And I, I think that he's a solid, solid value if he's going this late in the second round at 19. Yeah, for me, he's very similar to Brian Edwards. We were, I mean, however high on him, a lot of people, he was in the top three wide receivers uh, pre-injury. And, and, you know, the, the concerns are there. I get it. Again, it's somebody who's fallen down the board. And even, I mean, he still was a second rounder technically, even though they were, I think, comp picks aren't, is that a comp pick that he went at? 242, so yeah. Okay, so, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, third, early third, late second, whatever you want to call it, it's still decent draft capital. He's, he's a good oh, player. Oh, no, wait, hold on. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's a comp pick. How are there, there's not, there's not comp picks in the second round. I think there are, aren't they? Oh, no. Whatever. Doesn't matter. They they use decent capital on him. Um, DJ Chark, yeah, clear wide receiver one. I think D.D. Westbrook and LaVisca Chenault can exist together with DJ Chark. Uh, obviously, we you know we don't really 100% know if Gardner Minshew is the guy, but for now he is, and he put on a show last year. I feel like this offense is going to be just fine. I like the addition of Chenault because that kind of takes you away from having to lean on Fournette who's whatever the opposite of efficient is, he's that. A lot of people are falling back in love with like Rykel Armstead for some reason, who they tried to love on last year. And I think he caught like a half of a pass. Uh, so I think between Chenault and, and Didi, you're going to see a lot more of the underneath stuff, the intermediate, the shorter routes covered. And they'll use less of passing to the backfield because it felt more like that was their bread and butter, getting away from Fournette and only leaning on him for for between the tackles. Um, not to say that Fournette can't, it just he's not as efficient as most of the other backs catching a lot of passes. So uh, I do like Chenault. I, I think again he's right there with you know the Pittmans, the Edwards, maybe not quite with Ayuk, but I mean he's he's there for me because of the talent. It's the injury concern. So he's probably at the back of the tier, but. I mean, he's the real. I mean, he can play. He's he's definitely the real deal. And we'll wrap up the show with a pair of second round wide receivers. We have Chase Claypool to the Pittsburgh Steelers and KJ Hamler to the Denver Broncos. I will talk KJ Hamler because I unexpectedly I'm I'm gonna have more shares of KJ Hamler than anybody on the planet. I don't think I've left a rookie draft without him. Uh, I think it's absolutely bananas that people are letting the uh, 17th pick in the second round at running back or wide receiver fall to the third round of rookie drafts. Don't understand it. Getting it for pennies on the dollar in auctions. And yes, you can say that he is the third wide receiver in, in an offense that hasn't proven to be good yet. But I, I think more than anything, like that offense is just going to be ridiculously good. Um, it might take a while for KJ Hamler to be quote unquote startable, a guy who you can rely on week to week. But his his upside in a very potent offense is very high. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to go there. I think his upside is a four out of 16 week best ball asset. I mean, you get the he's he's poor man's Henry Ruggs is what he is. You're 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 hoping that he becomes a he becomes an outlier because. Those guys historically, again, go back to the historical data, don't succeed. Not as fantasy assets. It doesn't mean that he can't be a good NFL player, which I think KJ Hamler will be a much better NFL player, more useful in those terms, keeping that defense honest. But 
I don't think he has the physical tools to be a really good NFL wide receiver. He's fast, and that's about it. He's a Penn State cyborg that we've been seeing from from Penn State over the last few years because their their strength program is nuts. I think he's a great athlete. I don't think he's a great football player, but they might be able to turn him into one. I just don't think it's going to be great for fantasy. Uh, Claypool, you know, with the ties to Pittsburgh and how they draft wide receiver the last 15 years or so, they've been pretty darn good at it. You know, I'm certainly intrigued. That's really nice draft capital. I think he showed enough at Notre Dame. Again, someone that struggled because he didn't really have much for a quarterback. But there's a lot there, and there's a lot to like. I thought they would make the push to transition him to tight end, but it's not the worst thing in the world to have a big body wide receiver on the outside to work with Juju. Uh, I think it's something that Juju desperately needs. We are going to see that offense hopefully return to form if Ben can stay healthy, at least for 2020. But it could look very different soon. I mean, realistically, if Ben's gone, maybe they don't extend Juju. Who knows? It it could be it could be Claypool and Deontay Johnson and James Washington for all we know. Yeah, I I haven't found myself as infatuated with Claypool as I have Hamler, uh, but. You could make the argument he has the easier route to targets with really just Juju in front of him, um, you know, James Washington and, you know, whatever else is going Deontay on. Deontay Johnson, yeah. Deontay Johnson, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm not I'm not as like, oh, put him at tight end, put him at tight end. Like, if you're putting him at tight end, you're putting him at, you know, the Evan Ingram version of tight end. Yeah, not, not yeah really you go end. big slot. That's all you do. You go big slot. That's I mean, it's not a genuine tight end. I just thought they'd make that transition. Yeah. No, I mean that be. I mean, I I think it would have been done already. Granted, I think NFL this year has been doing it differently. It used to be they did Roto World. I think now they're just listening to, to teams because when the Raiders said, "Hey, Lynn Bowden's a running back," NFL's like, "Okay, Lynn <laughs> Bowden's a running back." Right. Right. All right. That should wrap us up for this week. We'll probably get into some sleepers next week. Maybe play a game or two. Uh, if, if you have any guests you want us to have on, I've said this a few times and no one has said a single guest. So I guess they really just want to hear us yap for, you know, they just, they just love us. They love us. That's all it is. They love us. They love us. We love them. Insert Barney song here. Uh, make sure to rate, subscribe, leave a review and uh, support, support all of our uh, awesome sponsors, blue wire, blue chew and bet online. And uh, thanks so much for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Ta-da! Circle back. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.